Glad that you're here with us. It's been good worshiping together this morning, singing praises to our God together, remembering Jesus. And uh, as you think about remembering of this memorial supper, as we call it, uh, it's also been termed a feast, a supper, but you only get a little piece of bread and you only get a little shot of juice. Well, uh, it's a spiritual meaning. The feast is not so much on the physical aspects, but as on the spiritual aspects. Therefore, we're reminded by these emblems of the power that's in Christ and his blood. And so that in itself is a feast and it is a supper and we're nourished by it every Lord's day. We've been in a series of lessons dealing with Acts chapter 2, the hub of the Bible. We talked about the significance of the day of Pentecost, and then we discussed the meaning of the word Pentecost itself. Uh, Then we talked about the sermon that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And uh, today, we're going to be dealing with one verse from the entire chapter of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. A woman calls up, and she has been interested in studying more about God's word. She asked the question, however. She says, I grew up in this church, whatever church that is. And she said, I was sprinkled as a baby. And now I've learned from my studies that baptism means immersion. And it's for the forgiveness of sins. Then she explains, but I feel like a Christian. And I certainly don't want to repudiate my parents and my grandparents and all of my family and friends because we grew up in the same church. And so if I accept what I've learned concerning baptism, I'm afraid that's what I'd do. But I already feel like a Christian. So am I your sister in Christ? How would you respond? What would you say? If I could, I'd like to go around the room to each individual and ask that question and see what those responses would be. But we have already for us, written out by the hand of God, what God desires of you and me. A lot of people think they know 
what God says about certain things, but they don't know. They think and have been raised to believe just do what's right in your heart. And that takes precedence over God's word. Doing what's right in your heart. Well, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 tells us the heart is so wicked. Who can understand it? And of course, Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not upon your own understanding, thinking. Don't lean upon what's in your heart. Because your heart can be wrong. Your heart can deceive yourself. 1 John chapter 3 tells us about those who deceive themselves with their own heart. It's not about my heart. It's not about your heart, but about his word. That makes all the difference. And so when he says, lean not upon your own understanding, what he means is, follow God's word. That's where you're going to get understanding. That's where you're going to find truth. That's where you can say, I know, and I know for sure from his word. When someone says, well, I think, or, well, I believe this or that, they're relying upon their own understanding. And he says, don't do that. Your understanding needs to come from God's word. My understanding needs to come from God's word. That's how we have unity. That's how we have fellowship. God, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, talks about being a God of being decent and in order. He's an orderly God. He desires the worship that we give to him to be done decently and in order. He's an orderly God. And so he doesn't want one people over here believing this and one people over here believing that and one person over here believing this and one person. That is not the way the church of the first century was established. You cannot even find that thought in the New Testament. Jesus says, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God, the Father, except by or through me. What does he mean by that? That I just think about Jesus and I get to the Father? No. Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, because his word is the way, the truth, and the life. And he goes on to explain that. He says, uh, he says that you are indeed my disciples if you abide in my word. 
Now, a lot of people think I'm his disciple and I don't have to abide or continue in his word. Well, what is a disciple? A learner, a student. How can you claim to be a disciple, a student of God, but never learn from God? We'll get into that in just a moment. But a lot of people, again, talk about being a Christian. A disciple is a Christian, right? In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, and the disciples were called first Christians, where? At Antioch. So you can't be a Christian without being a student first. You become a student and you continue in God's word and therefore you become a follower, a Christian. That's the meaning of the word Christian, a follower. How can anyone claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ but refuse to learn from Jesus Christ and to learn more about Jesus Christ, how could they claim to be a follower of Christ? Just saying it doesn't make it so. The Bible gives great detail as to who is a Christian. And I can guarantee you this, In fact, I'll give anyone $10,000 today if they can skim through the New Testament and find an example of an unbaptized Christian. Just one. Just one. So, we're going to be dealing with Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And it says, and Peter replied, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, I just quoted 20, uh, Acts 2.38 and 39, but we're going to stick with Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and we will do well to get through not only one, not only two, but three parts of a study that we're going to be doing on baptism. And uh, I think it's highly important because, to tell you the truth, it's what separates churches of Christ from everybody else. We believe because the Bible teaches, not we believe because the church says so, We believe Doug Poe says it, so it's true. We believe it because we read our Bibles. And we all reach the same conclusion. That we need to be baptized for the remission of sins. Just as Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. 
you can't discount, dismiss, and reject those scriptures simply because it doesn't seem right or it doesn't sound right or it doesn't fit what my church teaches or it doesn't fit how mom and dad live their lives. Well, a lot of people struggle with that. And I've known a lot of people throughout the years who they've come to learn the truth. And like that woman who called, she'll say, I don't want to repudiate mom and dad. I want to go to hell with mom and dad. Now let me ask you the question. There's a story in Luke chapter 16. And in Luke chapter 16, it tells a story of a rich man and Lazarus. Rich man dies. Lazarus dies. Lazarus is a poor beggar, and this rich man avoided and just treated Lazarus like a dog all his life. Now they're dead. And it tells us that Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom, paradise. Remember when Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise? He didn't say heaven. He said paradise. Hades. Hades, the realm of the departed spirits. So he's on Abraham's bosom. And then the rich man here is in torments. And the rich man sees Abraham. And he says, Father Abraham, please, it's so hot down here. Just give me a little drip of water for my tongue. He says, I cannot. I cannot go to you, nor can you come to me, because there is a fixed gulf between us. He says, well, please, let someone go back. Let someone go back and tell my five brothers, I've got five of them, and they're all doing the same thing in life that I did. Send someone back to tell them not to come here, to do what your word says. He says, I can't do that. No one can depart from this realm. Which, by the way, you think about all the people who believe in spirits and this or that, you know, today, going about in life today. Not so. So you can't leave this place. He says, instead, they have what you had. The law and the prophets. They had their Bible. He says, if that's not good enough to save you, then nothing is. How would you feel if you're the rich man in torment? Wouldn't you desire that your loved ones not go to the same place just as that man did? Absolutely. Salvation is personal. It's not about mom and dad. It's about me. How important is your soul to you? You know, they say you can't love others until you first love yourself. That's what Jesus is saying. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have to have love and respect for yourself. And look about us in all this mess, riots, people beating each other up, people killing each other, 
You think they have self-respect? Absolutely not. Because they have no respect for anybody else. So, I'm going to take this series of studies very seriously. Because it's a dividing line between saved souls and condemned souls. And while the rest of the world, 99% of our little world here, and our larger world way out there, they disagree. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and you're saved. And then you get baptized belong to the church. How many have ever read that in your Bible? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, remember, Peter just got done preaching. He was proving that Jesus is the Christ by the miracles he performed, right? By the prophecies that referred to Jesus and that how he fulfilled those prophecies and that by his resurrection from the dead. Those three facts stuck in the face and in the craw of all those who heard him that day. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you murdered, both Lord and Christ. How would you feel? You've been waiting for this guy to show up all your life. Your fathers have waited. Their fathers have waited. Their fathers, fathers, fathers have waited. Waiting for the blessed day that the Messiah would come. But to know that you put him on a cross and you said you're worthless. Let's kill him. Let his blood be on our hands. So Peter, as he concludes that sermon, there's a response by the crowd. And the crowd, after hearing what Peter just said, and brethren had turned to Peter and the apostles and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Do for what? Do to go to dinner? What shall we do to have more money? What shall we do to have better clothes? What shall we do to have a whatever? What does what shall we do mean? In the context, what shall we do now that our souls are hellbound? We're in danger of hellfire. We're condemned. What are we going to do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ 
for the remission of sins. Now, I want you to pretend that the phrase for the remission of sins is not there. And let's read it that way. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I think just from that alone tells us the necessity of being baptized, being immersed in water to be saved. First of all, Jesus said it. He that believes and is immersed, baptized, shall be saved. But second of all, look at the context. Men and brethren were condemned. What shall we do? We killed the Messiah. We've signed our own death warrant. What are we going to do? Is there anything that can be done? And Peter moved with compassion. Oh, brethren, repent. There's a way out of it. God has given you a way of escape because he loves you. And it's found in Jesus, his son, whom you killed. But that doesn't matter now. All you need to do is repent and be baptized. You see the necessity of it? The necessity of, first of all, repenting. Repenting of what? Sin, killing the Christ, and being baptized. And we wouldn't have to read any further to know that baptism is necessary for salvation. But some will say, well, it's true to them because they killed the Christ. Well, wait a minute. Our sins are what put Jesus Christ on the cross. Our sins play a role. For he gave himself for the world because of the world's sins. So, so look at this. I'm just going to break it down just a little bit. And it says here, that Peter said to them, repent and. Coordinated conjunction. You know, those who know English. You can't have one without the other. It doesn't say repent for the forgiveness of sins. And it doesn't say be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. It says repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. Remit is the same word synonymous for forgiveness. You remember what I said regarding remission or the word remit? Remit means to send back. When you're forgiven, God sends those sins out. As far as the east is from the west, has he forgiven us our sins? How far is the west? That way, how far is the east? That way. It just keeps going and going. That's right. Infinity. He has forgiven us. So, repent and let every, every one of you be baptized. So we have, what must I do? Repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. There's no there's no difference. Every one of you, everyone, you've got to be baptized. By what authority? In the name of Jesus Christ. For what purpose 
And now we're going to read the purpose clause because that's the point of the passage. The purpose. For the remission of sins. That little word, for, has been a thorn in the side of so many throughout the centuries. It's a little three-letter word in Greek, E-I-S. Ace. Or as some of the old-time preachers used to say, ice. They'd be debating their opponents over the necessity of baptism, and they would say, my opponent is sliding on the ice. Ace. Ace means for, unto, in order to, or in order for, it's motion toward. Unto the forgiveness of sins. Ace. Now if you have your Bibles, we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. Bring your Bibles, read your Bibles. This ought to be part of your appendage. This, this should be a, another hand. You should have three hands with a Bible in there. But Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And if I get through this quickly, we can get out of here quicker. Okay. Verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto. Eggs, very same word. For unto the forgiveness of sins, toward the forgiveness of sins. He says here, with that word, the heart one believes unto, toward, toward the direction of salvation, of righteousness. So, he says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto ace, unto, toward, forward, to, in order for Salvation. Now, the centuries have come and gone. Scholars have come and gone. But the word of God stands forever. And over the years, many people will say, well, ace can mean because of. So let's read it that way. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because you have the remission of sins, or just simply because of the remission of sins. It's a little awkward. First of all, ace never means because of. It always looks forward to. It never looks backward, because of. And so there is a Greek word they could have used for because, the word gar, G-A-R. For instance, for you're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For, because as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Because of, that's Gar. This is ace. 
It's unto, towards. And so, what is true of baptism is unto forgiveness. The same thing with belief. Belief is unto salvation. And confession is unto righteousness. I may reverse that. But either way, that's what it means. Now, the biggest example of this is found in Matthew chapter 26. And it's good that you read along with me because you'll get to know where these passages are by virtue of turning the pages of your own Bible. But here we find the Lord is instituting the Lord's Supper in Matthew chapter 26. And in verse 28, what's he say? For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The exact same phrase. Did Christ shed his blood because remission of sins already existed? To answer or to ask is but to answer. Of course not. Jesus didn't shed his blood because everyone's forgiven already. He shed his blood in order that we would be forgiven. For, unto, toward. And so down goes the proposition that says, oh, because of can be placed in the clause. No, it cannot. Simply by looking at the word usage of the New Testament. The exact same phrase. So we find here the necessity of baptism. Now, baptism is for a number of things. Baptism is to be saved. 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 21. He says, baptism does also now save us. How do you get that out of your Bible? How can you just clip that off and say, I don't believe that? But people do. People do. It's baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. We just read that in Acts 2.38. Baptism is to wash away sin. Ananias comes to Paul. He's been teaching Paul. He says, Paul, why are you waiting? We've done taught enough. Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Baptism washes away sins spiritually. It's not the physical water. It's the obedience to the command. That's the faith that's involved. To be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, one must be born again. M-U-S-T, underline it, M-U-S-T, must be born again of water, literally out of water and out of spirit. So there's a connection there to baptism. Paul talks about that he may sanctify and cleanse her according uh, to Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 and 26, to sanctify her, the church, by the washing of water and the word. That's the idea. We're sanctified by the washing of the water, must be born out of water, and spirit. Spirit is the means by which we get the word. 
by washing of the water and the word. And it puts us into Jesus Christ. For you're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many that have been baptized where? Into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Right? It's entrance into Christ. Now, there's a lot of people that will say, well, uh, the moment I believed, I was already into Christ, and then I was baptized. Or uh, the moment I believed, the Lord added me to the church, then I was baptized. The moment I believed, I was saved, and then I got baptized. That's 99% of all our friends, all our relatives, all our loved ones. That's what they've grown up to believe. It's not about your church. It's not about some organization. Well, I belong to the Lions Club. Well, I belong to this club. I think that's the way a lot of people look at churches. It's some sort of a club. You believe that. You believe this. They're conservative. They're liberal. Blah, 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 blah. It's about God's word. And how devoted are you to it? Is this really God's word? We believe it is. And so, therefore, we take it seriously. Because it's about our connection to him through Christ, through his word. And that's what covers our soul. Now, if we don't care about our souls, then perhaps we don't care too much about this. Or we don't care too much about what it says. We don't want to hear all the details. Just give me the faith, and I'll just believe in Jesus, and that's it. A lot of people are that way. Well, that's just the beginning. We'll get back to Acts chapter 238 next week. But the invitation still stands. Jesus says, and this is a command. He tells the disciples, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Part of that command is this. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. It's an imperative move, which means a command. So Jesus commands baptism. Why would we believe what Jesus says but not do what Jesus says. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus also said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 46, he says, why call me Lord and you don't do the things I say? Why do that? To make him Lord of your life, we are to do what he says. And so part of what Jesus says is he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he says, you can take that to the bank. You're subject to the invitation of Christ this morning. Why don't you come forward now as together we stand and sing.